0: This is the Blattcast, a sometimes fast-paced but usually meandering look at the world, hosted by Christian Blatt. So kick back, get ready for quite possibly the longest one hour to perhaps the shortest two hours and 56 minutes of your life. There's something in the wind
1: today that's good for everyone. Yes, faith is in our hearts today. We're shining like the sun and everyone can feel it the feelings running deep after oh, all the universe, there's only the one more sleep till christmas after all there's only one more sleep till christmas
0: day hmm. and now here's christian blatt welcome to the black cast
2: come in and know us better man welcome to a very special Muppetastic muppet christmas We are going to talk about Muppet Christmas Carol and so much more. As always, I am Christian Blatt, making a triumphant return. Uh, You may not even realize you were on the Blackcast a few weeks ago. Uh, Katie Hampton, Katie Sassy Pants. uh, Our Guardians of the Galaxy special was uh, cross-purposed for both podcasts. So uh, welcome back.
3: (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) It's great to be back.
2: (laughs) And uh, Matt Kelly, I was realizing uh, this is... uh, I think the only other show you and I have done was uh, Weird Algorithm, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. You did uh you did an episode of Weird Algorithm on Nature Trail to Hell, uh which still, is still in the top three originals for both me and my co-host Matt's originals list right now.
2: Yeah. I mean it's it's probably from for now and forever uh it, it might be number two to one more minute but I do still love it you know yeah oh it's and a classic. uh classic and uh yeah so uh, I know Matt and Katie through the geekscape network and there's so many shows over there where you can just find them but uh Matt you specifically have shows that I know that you host you mentioned wheel out Al- weird algorithm I feel like that's gonna speak to the uh, to the inside, the soul of so many members of Blackass Nation, as we call them. So, take a quick moment and explain that show, and uh, I'll, I'll ask you about one other one before we dive into the Muppets.
1: All right. So, Weird Algorithm is a show I started with Willigan of the rock band Weedus, and we are going through Weird Al's entire everything um, in as close to a chronological order as possible. So, uh, literally next week. Katie is our guest, uh, cool. talking about Al TV in episode three, oh. and then uh, we're gonna have uh, one of Al's uh, close personal friends, uh, UH Jeff, is gonna be joining us to talk about uh, the complete Al uh, promotional D uh, VHS tape that went out in the late '80s to promote the Dare to Be Stupid album. Before we kick off the new year with polka party. Um, So we're less than 40 episodes deep. It's a great time to get caught up because we've got a ton of really cool guests coming up. We've recorded all of Polka Party. We're getting ready to start working on Even Worse. Uh, I did get word the other day that a particular female comedian who may have been part of After Midnight and may have had the punk rock band uh, Nerf Herder write a song specifically about her will be joining us. To talk about one of her favorite Weird Al songs in the very near future. So, uh, the amount of weird guests that we've been able <laughs> for <laughs> their mutual love of this goofy, goofy man. I'm um, still working on getting uh, Katie's fiance on for a future Al TV as well. We've got a lot of fun stuff just around the horizon for Weird Algorithm. Mark, who, well, who
3: um, was actually in a music video with Weird Al, <laughs> yes, who was her
1: fiance? Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, which yeah, video?
3: It actually wasn't a Weird Al song. Weird Al was in it, but it was like uh, it was a Star Trek song and he played Kirk and Weird Al like came in for like a musical thing. (laughs) I mean,
2: that already sounds amazing. Uh, Well, yeah. And we'll uh, we'll make sure that we get all the plugs out. Uh, Katie, I I know people can find you on Twitch is uh, one of the best ways to find you. Are you also El Sassy Pants there or is that where the Z comes into play? (laughs)
3: <laughs> no, uh Z comes into play only on TikTok, but yeah, gotcha. I know you can find me most places at, at El Sassy pants. You can occasionally find me on Twitch, more Twitter and Instagram, uh doing random stuff most of the time when uh when I have the time and not focusing on my knee. <laughs> and, hey, uh, and the host uh, yes. of a
1: very emotionally beautiful podcast, uh tentatively called the Black and White Podcast, but I think name-changing in 2023. <laughs> It is going to be changing in
3: 2023. We were going to try and change it to, don't worry, nobody's listening, but apparently that might be a common name as well. Uh, But yeah, if you just look for Geekscape Black and White Podcast, you will find um, a great podcast that I have with my good friend Marie and I. We started right after uh, we were laid off of our mutual job, and uh, we talk about the trials and tribulations, and we talk about how life might not be black and white, but we are. So... (laughs) Well,
2: great. Well, what we're here to talk about today is, uh, uh, of course, primarily Muppet Christmas Carol. And Katie's seen this before the last show we did. But, uh, Matt, uh, feast your eyes on uh, this beautiful VHS of Muppet Christmas Carol, which, of course, is the complete film as Brian Henson uh, intended it to be viewed. Yes. Uh, And uh, I think that's a, a great starting point. Um, I did not see this film when released theatrically. Uh, oh, I found I <laughs> it on, on home video, maybe a year or two after I was like 16 when it came out and I was like, ah, I don't need to see that Muppets. And then I remembered, I'm like, Oh my God, I love the Muppets. What was I, what was I thinking? <laughs> but uh, I do remember watching it with my sister. Uh, and I had the privilege this weekend of watching it with my kids for the first time. So my son, Felix is seven and my daughter, Lucy is five. And, uh, as you might expect, they loved the rats. Brazil uh, yes. in particular. Yeah. Uh, my daughter Lucy just loved him talking about his jelly beans, and <laughs> it's always like you always know, like oh yeah, this is the stuff that the kids are going to really like. When I watched uh, earlier this year, I watched Star Wars with my son for the first time, and he loved R two D two and C three PO in a way where I kind of forgot that, like oh yeah, they're so good, and like kids can kind of relate to that, and. I think that uh, the surprising thing was my five-year-old daughter was like talking about a lot of story points, you know, it's like, oh, no, is Belle going to die? You know, like when he's in the in the Christmas present, I'm sorry, Christmas past. And like she's seen enough movies and enough TV where it's like she's no structure as as it starts to pick up, she's like is he going to marry Belle? And I'm like, Oh boy, that would be a good ending. Wouldn't it? (laughs) (laughs) You know? And I'm like, Dickens doesn't tidy things up that neatly. (laughs) So, um, but, uh, and you know, just a lot of questions about that. And, It's a good thing we watch for people that maybe don't know on Disney plus you can watch the complete film now. However, you do have to select it under extras.
1: I do not. This makes me someone sent me a link to that literally today with the instructions on how to watch it. And I was so angry because I was like. Just make it the movie.
3: Yeah, right? <laughs> like, because it is. It's just a like, full length movie. If you like, want why do you have to go through is? like a
1: secret passageway right. to see? Yeah,
2: the movie. and I'm just wondering: is it because the the other version, you know, the the theatrical version is what was already there? Is it easier to leave it there for whatever reason? I feel like it's not. But my point in bringing it up at this moment is that my daughter seeing that movie for the first time that way. She noticed the reprise at the end. It's like, oh, that's the song that Belle was singing to him. I'm like, yes. And I'm like, if you didn't watch it this way, you wouldn't know that. And Matt, Katie knows this because I mentioned it to her a couple weeks ago. My wife hates that song.
1: I I, Look, I can understand. So here's the thing. There has been this long history with Disney releases where or even before Disney some of the most iconic, beautiful, sad songs have almost not made it into a movie. Somewhere Over the Rainbow almost didn't make it into Wizard of Oz for being too slow and boring. Um, Catsman desperately wanted to cut Party Your World out of Little Mermaid because he thought that none of the kids would connect to it. And like, that's pretty much what happened after the theatric release with love is gone and I saw it in theaters and I, I'm not going to sit here and be like, yep, even at six, I was like, this is pretty boring or like, Oh, this is really insightful. I can't wait for, for this to be dove into deeper. But it, it was as a kid, I do think that I remembered it being a lull and I remember watching the VHS tape and being like, okay, we're moving. We're getting to the next scary Muppet. Like, this is great. Now as an adult, I'm like, you've cut the entire emotional everything just ripped it straight out of the film. The, the story doesn't make sense. They start crying
2: for really no reason. No what are you going to say, yeah. Katie?
3: I was just going to say, I remember seeing it as a kid, and I did think it was a little bit slow, but I also connected with it because it was around the time that my parents were starting to get a divorce, and that song touched me in a way that I never thought like was possible for a kid to comprehend where I was just like, oh, it it's sad, but it's simple. Like, the love is gone. Like, it's well, literally called the love is gone. <laughs>
1: but but it yeah. it is deeper than that to me. Yeah. Because in, in watching it as an adult, the thing that strikes me the most, right? And I think all three of us are musical theater fans. So we know that, like, nothing happens by accident, right? <laughs> it's when Michael Caine starts singing along with Belle. Like, someone could write that off as okay this is just part of the musical and they went no that is showing that it's been 50 years and he still remembers verbatim
3: this what goodbye
1: happened? this yeah. this has this, her her <laughs> words so, have that it's so, so funny you said there. that because i just felt i was like
2: what's that in my legs i'm like oh yeah chills <laughs> <laughs> i forgot i can feel emotions too yeah and i mean matt that's so well put that that's really what it is and it's Yeah, because look, I think a lot of people have moments like that, whether they're relationship moments, just awful things that you remember from life. It could be as simple as the one time the one kid on the playground said the one thing that was spot on. And you're like, oh, yeah, I still carry that with me. But it's like, yeah, sometimes they still hurt. Yeah. Even that much later. And, uh, you know, my son wasn't bored during that song, but he definitely was glad when we got back to Rizzo. But my I think my my you know and I, I you know my my daughter watches what you would consider boys shows and girls shows, lots of everything, you know so uh I, I and I think that it still was the fact that she really responded to that song at five. You know, and uh because boy, she kept talking about Belle and wanted to know when Bell was gonna be back. And I'm like, oh, the answer is never, <laughs>
3: you know. <laughs> and I'm, what I'm a sure. what a beautiful thing, like that your daughter thought she was going to die when yeah. I mean it was it was it was a death of a relationship, and it was that serious, and like it, that is kind of a hard thing to comprehend for a kid, but it's but that that grief is still there, and I thought yeah. that was so beautifully done. Um, so you're she got it. You know?
2: Yeah, no, I know. And that I was, I was just like, look, I was excited to do the show anyway. But actually sitting there and watching it with them, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe. And you know, my wife has been so busy. My wife's a TV writer. I haven't even had this conversation with her yet because she's been swamped. you no. Know? no. And I'm just like, you know, that song you hate? She also hates uh There's Always Tomorrow in Rudolph the Red nosed Reindeer. Well, I was... also agree with her on that. But <laughs> it's for the same I also... reason. I, I agree that that's not as good a song, but it's the same reason it's like. What are you doing, slowing everything down for? Yeah, you know? I
1: also, I mean, controversial take. I, I as a guy who literally has a Christmas podcast, but like, I I don't have the bandwidth for Rudolph for Charlie Brown Christmas anymore. Like, I'm, I think that those specials are these iconic specials, right? And and that's why we watch them. I I said on my podcast one time that I have a Stockholm syndrome with the Charlie Brown Christmas, where I don't like it, but I feel obligated to watch it every single. Yeah. December, regardless.
3: I do get that, yeah.
1: But like, yeah, for years, once a year,
2: Patty Hearst would go hide in a closet for a couple of days. You know? Yeah, That's just what happens <laughs> exactly? <laughs> no,
1: but like with, with those, I specials... thought for a second about whether or not I was going to say that, and I'm like, I not <laughs> say that. I'm glad too. you did. No, but like fun. with those with those specials, I think what's <laughs> missing with both of those is like I don't feel any emotion but nostalgia with those at this point, like. Charlie Brown gets real weird and Jesus-y in the last like five minutes, and like Rudolph, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, like is not a depiction of. Uh, it's if I was if I was Santa, I would sue for uh, how poorly I was depicted. Oh, oh no, and I would <laughs> I, I, I I
2: I would take every copy of that special. Like George Lucas did with the Star Wars holiday. Yeah, I'd special. be like, you're making me look I, like a jerk here. Yeah, but. it's like no, no. Just let let people see the Mickey Rooney version of me.
1: You yeah, know, right? where, but there Yeah, oh, you know, no. but, <laughs> but there are, and and I'm sure we'll dive into this. There are ten. Muppets Christmas properties yeah. in existence. Mm-hmm. Honestly, and-, and
2: I'll tell you right now, we're not going to get to all of them because yeah. we just we won't have the time. We're going to talk about a couple of favorites, but uh, this could also become a, an annual uh, holiday tradition. Uh, I assume that this is. Uh, this is Mark in the chat who says, wonderful observation, Matt. Thank you. Uh, because he wanted a, a shout out earlier in the chat uh, because we were talking about him being in a music video and he's like, hey, that someone has a name. Um, oh, oh and go. he also saw it for the, in, the, in the theaters. Yeah, look, in 1992, <laughs> I was officially too cool for school. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's talk a little bit about. The, the sort of the timing of this, which I think you know, people that are, are in deep in the Muppet lore would know it like we do. But this movie comes out in 1992, just a few years after Jim Henson passes away. This is the first thing to come out. I mean, essentially, it's the first thing to come out because there's that. Uh, I assume you've seen the uh, the Muppets Remember Jim Henson. Where Muppets Celebrate Jim Henson. That's yeah, it, yes, yeah. so, oh, that is oh, an, that's, an
1: emotional watch that I can't get through without crying. Yeah. Um, I also. So, Sometimes I just want to cry and I'll put that yeah, on or I'll also good, that is on a great YouTube, way to do it on YouTube. You can also watch the entire Jim Henson memorial service that someone yes. uploaded. And that will also Ugh. force you to cry for two
2: straight yeah. hours. Oh, but, and, yeah. and by the way, apparently this is uh, your buddy Ryan from Montreal. I was oh. confused as to who that was. In the chat. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's Ryan. Stick. That's Ryan. Um, stick yeah.
1: Of the Ryan stick show.
2: <laughs> so. Uh, so that was really the first thing without Jim. And then this is directed by Brian Henson. And, you know, it's it's funny because this is really most people's first interaction with what we have to call new Kermit, the Steve Whitmer yeah. Kermit. And I remember when I first saw that Kermit, it, it took some getting used to and, and we've got the Kermit now and you're like, oh, man, do I miss Steve Whitmer?
3: yeah Um, that's you know i almost feel like it's like the cast of snl where you're just like you have your cast that like is very nostalgic for you and then you have your cast that you're like i give it a pass because it's still there's a bit of nostalgia in that and they still did a great job and then there's like the future generations and you're just like it's just not my kermit
1: (laughs) but (laughs) i would say that's across that's across the board because we're down to what two Two original Muppeteers, and and I don't really think Frank Oz has taken any breaks from his directing gigs to like jump in and do Fozzie and Piggy anymore. So we really just got Dave, and I think Dave may have retired in the last year or two as well, but there's... It's, and let's it's, just say, by the way, I mean, there's
2: a lot of, you know, great Muppet performers who do it currently. Oh. Uh, I know I, I know Bill Beretta's brother really well, and I've met Bill a couple times. And, you know, the passion he has for those characters, you know and I mean? He had the 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 shoes to fill of taking over a number of Jim's roles. You know, not Kermit, yeah. but uh, Rolf and yeah. uh, Swedish Fish. He also created Pepe the King Prawn. So, yeah. you know, th- I, I can talk to him for hours. He's a great guy. But... It, it's really a simple matter of when they start to not sound similar enough, this is not Muppets proper, but the new big bird, my, it, it's like, I, I, I was just like, I think I need my kids to watch old Sesame street because I can't have new big bird on in the house. Well, you know, yeah, it's
1: just, but it's, he sounds, he sounds nothing like big bird. You I know? think, I think SNL was the right comparison though. Right. Because I don't think it's necessarily a new cast. Like, if you're a longtime diehard SNL fan, you probably have your favorite
0: Bill Clinton, yeah.
1: you know, like, oh, this was my favorite person who did Bill Clinton. Or like we talk about how people say, like, you know, oh, every impression of William Shatner is someone doing an impression of Kevin Pollack's William Shatner. You know what I mean? Like, like there is. Right. This, and like, everyone's
2: everyone's Christopher Walken is an impression of Jay Moore's. Christopher right. Walken. Walken even
1: yes. even even Kevin
2: Even Kevin Pollack's. Uh,
1: yeah. And that and that kind of leads to this thing where it's like Jim Henson and and we'll dive into this I'm sure when we get into some of the older specials but like the love and absolute care that those five original muppeteers had for every single one of their characters it's like you can bring in people who love it as much as we love it. I I would say that i am in the top 10 biggest muppet fans <laughs> in the world like the top 10 percent of muppet fans in the entire world oh, and goodness. i could not for the life of me step into jim henson's shoes for the love and appreciation that he clearly had every single time that he was kermit the frog and and it is that transformative stage i think uh ryan who was in the comments talked about this when he was interviewing a Muppeteer here on his podcast but there's the infamous story of like Jim Henson was on a late-night talk show, and he was doing Kermit the Frog. And at commercial, they're like, hey, can you project a little more? Whenever you go into Kermit, our mics aren't picking you up. And he's like, okay, and he, he tried to do it again, get a little bit louder for the next take and they, they were like, still happening. And then that's when he realized that the boom mic operator kept moving the boom mic to Kermit the Frog when Kermit <laughs> would start talking because it was, he he fully put everything into that puppet and it became a real living, breathing thing oh, to even amazing. like the yeah. behind the scenes boom mic operators. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and that's, that's what's sometimes missing is it's like that, I can still think, when I watch any Muppet film from the Jim Henson era, that those are real living creatures walking around, that there is not a puppeteer underneath them. And I, I mean, think post-Henson they really start to break that fourth wall more I, and more and more. I, <laughs> I still have no idea how they rode the bike in
2: the yeah. Muppet movie, you know. Yeah. And I love that they didn't want to tell you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: I, yeah. It, it, like there that's that's the kind of the, the cool thing, especially like I mean, you see remnants of that especially when it comes to Mandalorian when um like they made grogu a muppet essentially because it's like that was more connected like you're actually connecting and looking at that that muppet as opposed to you know something digital or just like looking at a tennis ball and I feel like we've lost so much of that practical effect in a lot of different films and movies that the Muppets really brought in and brought in so well that even actors visiting the set or like going to Sesame street or something like that, they're like, you can't help, but look at the Muppet. Like,
2: yeah. yeah.
3: It's a creature.
2: I'm glad you you mentioned uh, Grogu because the, the example is again, it's Frank Oz. You have, puppet yoda that we all know from the original films and then they went back to puppet yoda but there was cgi yoda Uh, and you just couldn't connect to him the same way you know i mean he was supposed to be younger and you needed him to move around and do cool stuff i get it but when they went back to puppet yoda you're like yes that's that's what i need and i think that uh you know look some of the recent muppet output i've enjoyed i like the the the
1: um the one that's just called Muppets, the one that uh, Jason yeah Siegel Jason did. Muppets did. is yeah. great. I really like the Muppets Haunted Mansion as well. I thought yeah. that that was fun.
3: I I yeah. had a so little. I don't. Little I don't. I'm just <laughs> just to
1: interject. I don't want it to seem like I'm just knocking on everything. But
3: no, no, no.
2: There's there's a bunch of misses, you know. Yeah. And when it right. misses, you're like, oh no, you know. But this was not that uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. I think the main reason it works. And I always say this is because for me personally, the best Ebenezer Scrooge I've ever seen on screen is Michael Caine in this movie, because it's not like, Oh, I'm going to play this differently because I'm in a Muppet movie. No, you have to play it the same way. And he got that right away. He's see, you know, and, and, you know, Matt's point earlier about seeing him start to realize like, Oh man, I have been a, Dick you know and Just the gradual way he does it And you know when he's pleading with the spirits that he He needs more time and all that And I've seen I've seen some very Good Mr. Scrooges but uh he's So good and then it's like when you surround Him with the cast I mean the most Interesting thing is really this idea of Gonzo As Charles Dickens because He's not our number one Muppet for The most part you know the
3: The thinking he is was that, After you know, that like for me oh, Gonzo yeah, was, After that right yeah Yeah, totally. He totally raised in like my like category of like who were my top Muppets, because obviously like Big Bird and Kermit were my tops. And then that movie came out and I was like, who is this Gonzo? Like, I I feel like I didn't even know who Gonzo was. See,
1: I've been a I've been a Gonzo fanboy since I was a kid watching the (laughs) Muppet show. But so years ago, you'd have to do so much digging because this was at least 15 years ago. I wrote an article called like, what does your favorite Muppet say about you for the Geekscape website? And oh, wow. and my breakdown was that for Gonzo specifically, like Gonzo and Fozzie are two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Right. They're both they're both performers. They're both people in the entertainment industry, but but the difference is like Fozzie is that guy who just wants to be loved and he wants to go out there and he wants to make people happy. And he might not be the best guy for the job, but gosh darn it, he's gonna go out there and do it. Where, like, especially Muppet Show era Gonzo, he is an artist. He, mm-hmm. you know, like, like his whole thing was like, he was like the David Lynch of the Muppets, right? Like he's like, I'm gonna walk out there and I'm gonna eat an entire tire to the sound of Flight of the Bumblebee. And if you don't appreciate it, it's because you're an idiot and you don't <laughs> understand my art. Like, and that's the Gonzo that I loved was that that out. I mean, his name, I I there's no way his name is not supposed to be a subtle Hunter S. Thompson reference of like (laughs) just out there wild goofiness um but what i was going to say with all of this is like i think the biggest problem with most of the muppets things in the last couple years and why jason siegel's muppets is the exception is that we we keep wanting to modernize the muppets and we shouldn't like the muppets should always be this trapped in this weird vaudeville stage show era where like Muppet movie, great Muppet caper Muppets take Manhattan. And then even this and Muppets treasure Island, they are playing characters of them. They are playing characters or they're playing characters of themselves. You know, like the Muppet movie is them playing themselves in a movie version of their story. It, it like, it's that extra level. Gonzo, isn't Gonzo in this movie. He is Gonzo the character playing the role of Charles Dickens. No, and it's like I, I
3: would, I would even argue just, that Gonzo is like the least like his character that he's ever been. Yeah. But it's almost like, I mean, I don't know if you guys grew up watching these, but like Wishbone movies yes. and things like that, where he would become the character in these classical tales, and I... I think this was probably the first time I ever saw A Christmas Carol and I was like this is the best story ever and that's this is, started my love of Charles Dickens and then I was just like I am too young and too dumb to understand Charles Dickens on so many levels but this was like something that really I connected with because they took classics or like higher concepts and they modernized it in their own way but they kept themselves the same like I think when we try to digitize the Muppets or anything like that like we lose that connection yeah and that was one of the wonderful things i think about jason siegel's is that they they kept them as actual muppets and they you know updated few things i think you keep the muppets as practical but you update the jokes to the current times for
1: sure and i think but again the muppet even the jason siegel muppets they are trying to go back to the stage show yeah and then then Disney Plus creates like Muppets Now, where it's like the Muppets YouTube channel, and I'm like, no one asked for this. I don't, <laughs> I don't want the Muppets to have the ability to use the digital age. I, it, it was even what kind of hurt. I didn't hate the like Office style show that they tried to do at I didn't all hate that either. Yeah, but I'm like the the charm of what made those Muppet show episodes work was that what was happening on stage was so inconsequential. The whole show was about the insanity behind the scenes yeah. of a theatrical stage show. And it's like you don't get that when you're doing a YouTube channel. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you don't like you need those behind the scenes crazy interactions of like Kermit trying to make sure that Piggy's not like you know, tied up the guest star in the back room for her to be her <laughs> love slave, or that like Gonzo's not trying to force them to do some weird dangerous stunt, or that Fozzie's not boring them to death with bad jokes like kermit's trying to keep everything under control and run a show smoothly and like right. that is where all of the comedy is born this movie though works because again like there's not a single point where they look at kermit and say kermit right It's yeah. it's bob Cratchit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: yeah yeah they commit to the bit which is yeah. i mean like you They're- Rizzo and Gonzo are kind of the behind the scenes aspect of it. Like, you know, (laughs) light the lamp, not the rat, light the ramp. You know, those are like our peek into like the Muppet show type of Muppets. But the story itself just stands on its own. Um, yeah.
2: And I think the importance to it is being so respectful of the text. And I mean, it's interesting that a Muppet interpretation of it is so much more faithful than so many. Yes, they had to add a second Marley. But I mean, <laughs> apart from that, you know, it just the dialogue
0: is
1: verbatim. The book, it's
0: insane. Yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 When I read it, I was like, Oh, there's only one Marley. Like that was like my big hang up. <laughs> it was like, but, but there's again. two, and it's a great song. Right. <laughs> we
1: we just did an episode of before my time with Kelsey Laurie about the original Christmas Carol, and she was blown away that the line that, that the book ends with Tiny Tim who did not die. And who she's did like, not I always thought, yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's like, I always thought the Muppets just added that. But, and I'm like, no, that is I, literally the last I, line.
2: I had the, the same thought because of course. <laughs> Gonzo would be like in tiny Tim who did not die. Not <laughs> uh, like the, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> the, the for the most part, they inhabit the characters. And then the, the one minute where they don't is, is so funny. You know, when Sam Eagle is the, the headmaster and he's just like, <laughs> it is the American way. And Gonzo has to, you know, whisper to him, he's like, the British way. Yeah. I was just like, it's just such a funny little moment,
1: you know, now talk about a song that I am glad got cut and has not resurfaced is if you have the official soundtrack for the Muppet Christmas carol, Sam, the Eagle sings a very boring song called he chairman does. of the board.
3: Yes. I <laughs> forgot about that. Yes, he does. <laughs> well, so I guess
1: they uh, spell it B O R E D. <laughs> oh my God. It is, it is be- nice. Uh, I, I actually, Love that. I, I did not know that song.
2: That's interesting. Yeah. yeah like I, like, I think, uh, I think Sam Eagle is, uh, is great for one liners. you know, I mean, Sam the uh... Eagle,
1: the, the hardest I've laughed at Muppets, anything actually is Sam, the Eagle in muppets 3d the muppet vision 3d at, at disney yeah at disney where uh <laughs> uh kermit asks him if he's ready to go on he goes yes i have a 15 minute musical epic about how great the americans are and he goes you've got two minutes and he just goes ah! <laughs> like, <I> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but like that little gasp is like and, incredible. and the fact <laughs> that
2: that 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 special that performance is called the tribute to all countries but mostly
1: america uh, (laughs) i
2: i miss miss muppet vision actually i don't know if they have it in florida they still still have it in florida but i I
1: am very nervous for how much longer
2: yeah uh, because they haven't had it in california in in quite some time there's a there's a nice the the shop outside is where i get things like the sweatshirt i'm wearing so i would get a lot of good muppet stuff over
1: well and we'll i'll do this very quick uh the saddest thing for me beyond the death of Jim Henson. I mean, that is devastating in its own right. But that there was supposed to be a whole Muppet World in MGM Studios, and that was the only thing that they had gotten to produce before <sighs> he passed away. But there was supposed to be something called the Great Muppet Ride, the Great Muppet Movie Ride, and it was going to be scene by scene the Great Movie Ride, but performed by all Muppets instead. Oh wow! Um, like the oh, stuff great like that, ride that, is... that would have been. <laughs>
2: that would have been amazing. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. my heart. <laughs> well. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, the like I said, the, the script works because obviously it's a great story the structure works. And Katie, for this to be the way that you were exposed to Christmas Carol, uh, bless you for that. That means that you didn't see Mr. Magoo, uh, <laughs> which I think was probably the first time I saw it. Oh, spirits, help me be a better driver. <laughs>
3: you know? And it's not quite, but and, I saw and they quite the, a few more afterwards. And I was like, they do the like-
2: ghosts in the wrong order. in Mr. Magoo, I don't, which I never understood, you know, but yeah, I mean, and, and you know, look the 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 Mickey Mouse one—it's like thirty minutes. It's cute. It's like yeah. all right. And yeah. I mean, you know, Uncle Scrooge literally was born to play Ebenezer Scrooge in something someday. So yeah. you know, it. But no, I, that one. That one, I think it, it's uh, it, you know it, it's a little bit more it's passable. Scrooged yeah. is
1: really the only other one I enjoy watching. Yeah, like yeah. the Bill Mary Scrooged is like the yeah. the best way that it's been ever modernized. Um, although Spirited this year is a very close. Thank I you. mean that's in the top three for me right now. That is a phenomenal right. adaptation.
3: It, it's fantastic, and, and I mentioned it on the podcast a couple of weeks ago with you, Christian. But yeah, yeah. I, it's definitely worth a check out. Um, I will still say that the Best Christmas Carol is Muppet Christmas Carol, yeah, though. No. <laughs> like, and I it's the most it faithful. close. It,
1: it truly is the most faithful adaptation that you'll ever get of that story. Something that we have to talk about because yeah. I threw, I gave myself the nickname Mr. Muppet, which for, for a while I was looking to see if I could get that Instagram handle, but someone is just like holding it with no posts and it makes oh. me so sad. <laughs> um, but the true Mr. Muppet, as far as I'm concerned from the music standpoint, is. Uh, You know, Jim Henson's greatest co-collaborator, Paul Williams, coming back to write all the songs for for Muppets Christmas Carol. And just. Yeah, I mean, Paul Williams is one of the greatest songwriters in American history and having him just sit there and write stuff like Scrooge, like these these here comes Mr. Humbug like they're just yeah. so good and catchy <laughs> and and the the one more sleep till christmas being uh.
2: like something that people say now uh yeah we'll talk more about uh, Paul Williams because of uh, yeah. his importance with uh Otter, an baby uh, and and look when Paul and and unfortunately when we talk about some of the other uh, christmas content when Paul Williams doesn't write the songs and Jerry Jewell doesn't write the script it doesn't it doesn't quite compare to some of the other stuff. I think no. that uh, a lot of the classic Muppet stuff, there's always stuff you can take out. That's good. You know, you can isolate things, you know, a a quote unquote bad episode of the Muppet show is probably still hysterical for most of it. You know, yeah. It, it's just sometimes it goes into like a weird performance where you're like, oh, that was four minutes that we probably didn't need. <laughs> but um, this I, and, and you're absolutely right. And it was an interesting point. I was reading it. I think it was entertainment weekly, even though I know that's not a magazine anymore, but they still, you know, they still exist in some way. It was an interview with, uh, with Brian Henson, where he was talking about how he really wanted to, uh, to bring Paul Williams back because uh, he just felt like that was going to be, you know, the best way to get the best songs. And he had, um, you know, he had gone through rehab. It had been a while. And so Mm -hmm. then there were the studio, would, would. disney i guess was a little nervous you know they're yeah. like really does he still got it and uh oh boy did that guy still have it you yeah. know and but- uh i think i i mean yeah the music in this i i don't again i don't know about the sam Eagle song but <laughs> all the other songs that are actually in it including the love is gone uh i i think that it, it's so great it's so catchy and it's like finally now my kids have heard all these songs so i have an excuse to put them on you
1: yeah know? no yeah. I, there's when you when you really dive deep into muppets you realize something especially with the jim henson because i i really think that while we've made good and bad muppet things since you can't replace the essence of what jim was for the muppets and you look at like who were the frequent co-collaborators with him you know what i mean and it was he kept going back to paul williams he had paul yep. williams do Emmett Otter. he had paul williams write the songs for the muppet movie he had paul williams be a guest on the muppet show like he was constantly working with paul williams and then the other big person that you connect with muppets and christmas john denver he kept going back to the john denver well because him and john denver saw eye to eye with like what was he trying to say and do with these things and thankfully we've gotten away from this but there was this weird period like post post like muppets in space i would say all the way up until jason siegel's muppets were like the muppets were like kind of snarky and mean in their yeah. specials and like yeah, that's a great point yeah and it's like that is never what the muppets were supposed to be like the the muppets similarly to the fraggles similarly to sesame street was like this perfect vision of like a utopian world where everyone loved and cared about each other and they could still have their arguments and they could have their squabbles and they could disagree and they couldn't see eye to eye on everything but like at its core it always came down to a love and appreciation for each other and this was for me anyway the Muppets Christmas Carol was the last time that I really felt that love like that undeniable love amongst these characters until the Jason Siegel movie until like
3: Really, Muppet Treasure so- Island didn't feel that way for you?
1: Not fully. So I might be slightly biased because someone had said something that like sank into my head uh, last week. Uh friend of all of us, I'm sure, Geek History Lesson, uh, did an episode on Muppet's Christmas Carol last week with William Bibiani. Um, and he pointed out that while he enjoys the Muppet's Treasure Island, and now I can't unsee this, the biggest difference between that movie and, and Muppet's Christmas Carol is, again, the casting with... Michael Kane, Michael Kane stepped into this movie and was like, I will not act like I am even a little bit a part of the Muppets craziness. And Tim Carey definitely gets a little too sucked into the Muppetness Curry. Of, of Curry, gets sucked into the Muppetness yeah. of his performance versus like, I would love to see Muppets Christmas Carol where you have another actor who is really playing the long John Silver role as if he is on like the Broadway stage. Well, doing the most serious presentation of that I will character. I would say
3: to Tim Curry's, I don't know, credit or downfall, when he, they, they actually built a boat for that and yeah. they gave him Dremamine. So he's not quite all there <laughs> when he's on that boat. <laughs> Because he's on Dremamine and he's very yeah. sleepy. I, I thought he I thought he did fantastic. Yeah, I mean, no, I, like I
2: probably, probably, I probably you movie. could probably tell the same stories about onset at Rocky Horror or, or the TV <laughs> version
1: of yeah, the no, You for know, sure. he's
2: probably always a little sleepy, you know. Yeah. No, and, and
1: those were I still enjoy it. I don't I yeah, Muppets no. Muppets from Space is the first one where I'm like, oh no, this is not yeah. my Muppets. Um, and then it kind of wasn't my Muppets for a really long time, but I still kept watching every single one of them. I I own Muppets wizard of Oz on DVD and I have never popped that thing in again, but (laughs) I bought it. But you watched it.
2: Yeah, no, look, I get it. Uh, And I think you're right. I think that there's good Muppet quality after this, but I would say Muppet Christmas Carol for me is the last great moment. Yes. And it's, it's really the last sort of the last holdover from, you know, when Jim was still there. And I, uh, you know, I enjoy a lot of it. I see a lot more of it probably because of my kids, uh, you know, than, than I might otherwise, you know, actual with the Muppet characters, but also other things from Henson, just other properties that uh, you know, I, I might not come across. I I probably wouldn't know about the new big bird if uh I didn't have kids. Yeah. And, you have to uh, also
1: think that there was an element of we're doing this for Jim while making this yeah. movie. You, well, you know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. Like,
3: and there and that felt like the most part. So, um, in in all the discussion before doing this podcast, Christian actually came over to my house very sweetly and gave me um, something that
2: we'll talk about shortly. Yes. Yeah,
3: yeah. I yeah. forgive me if I'm jumping the gun on it. No, go ahead. It. It's okay. But, you can
2: mention what it is. Yeah, yeah.
3: Well, yeah. The the Muppet Family Christmas, it, it, like which was in, I hadn't seen it, but there's. So many of the the original Muppet movies or specials or things like that feel very familiar in that, like, maybe I saw it at some point in my life and I just like wasn't consciously aware of it. But but like the amount of Muppets that are in that movie is incredible. And Matt, we even got into a discussion about a very specific part where Jim Henson pops up as himself in that movie. And uh, yeah.
2: So no, at the, yeah, at the end of Muppet Christmas Carol, which we'll talk about some of the specifics of the, the show and why it's so great and why I love it so much. There's a moment at the end where uh, Jim Henson's talking to Sprocket from Fraggle Rock and uh, he needs somebody to help him do the dishes, but to see him uh, the first time I rewatched it, you know, I hadn't watched it in a few years. I didn't remember that he was in it. And I was like, I, I, I just to see him. And I think every year I don't cry every year, but every year there's always that little twinge in my eye of like, Oh yeah, there he is. Cause mm-hmm. I, I know it's coming and I see him anyway. And to see this after the fact, you know, because yeah. I think this was made in, I think it first aired in 87. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and so it's this is what he really, says in that moment.
3: That, I was yeah. just going to say, Matt brought up a really great point that like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah.
2: What he, is it? So well, go he, ahead. Yeah, Matt. Well, he so. says
1: he says they look happy. I like it when they're happy. Yeah. And it's like, oh, like, like yeah, it's like, is that is I that not it's, like capture? But that to me is like That's the heart of that. That's the heart of all of the Muppet stuff that made it work is that he he like really saw these characters as creatures that that needed to be happy and joyful and like and overcome all the odds. And I do think that after this movie, you know, you really don't see Frank Oz coming back out to do Muppet stuff. Like, I really think that Muppet's Christmas Carol was this: we're doing yeah. this for Jim, we're doing this for for a friend. And credit where credits due, because he gets so forgotten in Muppet lore. Also for Richard Hunt, who died before Muppet's Christmas Carol, who was a huge part of the the first openly gay Muppets here. Like, was this huge person who who also died shortly after Jim, and like. You know, it was this reunion of the remaining three and some of the new up and comers and some of the Sesame Street people like getting them all back together. But I think it was like we could do a memorial service. We could do all these things for our friend and we can, you know, as as someone who's very much in the thick of grieving and missing a friend that was so important, like that, that dictates so much of your life decisions, when you lose someone that's of that level in your, in your life, even, you know, this we're, we're doing this a couple of days after Geekscape did the, the 24 hour charity live stream. And I had to play a video of my friend singing because I was like, she should be here. It's her birthday. She should yeah. be part of this. And she's not. And everything I do is because when I was in high school, she believed in me, you know what I mean? And, and here's these people, Frank Oz was like, 17 (laughs) when jim henson found him and was like you're the most literally told him you are more talented than me the second you turn 18 you need to contact me and i will take you under my wing like how do you not come back and do something in tribute to this person that believed in you so much like when,
2: uh, one time when I was back in New York, uh, they had a, a Hanson exhibit at the museum with the moving image in Astoria. And there was a lot of great stuff, like actual, you know, artifacts, models, just all this stuff. But there was also, they were showing, uh, you know, how it was a, uh, it was behind the scenes on Sesame street and it's yeah. just the two of them. So you can see the underneath where they are with the characters up above them and just watching the two of them interact and making each other laugh. And by the way, in very PG terms, you know what I mean? There, yeah. It's not, it's not like your bloopers that need to be bleeped out, but it's just so funny watching them together. And anytime you see them, I mean uh, you know, the, the, there's the Muppet outtakes. movie
1: outtakes too. I'm not sure if you yeah. ever saw right. that where they're just well, in the, they, farm. They just they're also, on the farm goofing around like
2: <laughs> the the outtakes for uh for emmett otter uh, yeah. he was the the muppeteer for ma and you know did basically like a scratch vocal of you know while they were doing the show and so there's outtakes of him when you know things go awry and it's just it's so funny yeah i think frank oz is an is an important part um I, I want to I move on from Muppet Christmas Carol, but only for the interest of time, not because yeah. I want to stop talking about it. But is there anything, uh, Katie or Matt, that you want to make sure we get to before we uh, talk about Muppet Family Christmas? Uh,
1: the only thing I want to say isn't about Muppet Christmas Carol, but it's something I want to throw out there very quickly before we get into Muppet Family Christmas is that this year I watched uh, Christmas Eve on Sesame Street for the first time, which is not yeah. as much of a Henson production as the rest, but is nonetheless also heartwarming, charming in a very like way that a 1978 Christmas special can only be. Right. And um I don't think we'll get into John Denver uh and the Muppets Christmas <gasps> we'll, together, we'll, but we'll also talk a little magical. bit about it.
2: But um, <laughs> the uh I saw you post about uh Christmas Street, uh, Christmas Eve on Sesame Street. So uh I mentioned that to Katie and and uh, we I, I watched eat, that last
3: night. Yeah. We <laughs> did oh watch God. it. And
2: here's yeah. here's what I'll say about it. As soon as they get past the ice skating, it's great. It's, bo- yeah.
3: it's, it's brilliant. Uh, uh, yeah. The ice skating
2: in the beginning, you know, it's like it's got all the things so about 70. Sesame Street yeah. in the early years. Like, I don't know how many times I've shown my kids the video of the little girl with Kermit who he wants to count. And instead of saying numbers, she says Cookie Monster. Yes. And, you know, she kisses him at the end. So, yeah. those like videos with kids is such like the best part, the most timeless part of Sesame Street. So, the fact that those were in this Christmas special, you know, being like, yeah, how does Santa get down the chimney? And, <sighs> Uh, I had watched that yesterday afternoon and then my son starts talking about how does Santa Claus get down the chimney? I'm like, what? You weren't home when I was watching that. So it's like, <laughs> it's such like a, it's such a timeless, simple question. question. I love that Mr. Hooper is still in it. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, you know.
3: and, and they say, they say happy Hanukkah to him. I, I was yeah. so happy and about just that. to take that
2: little moment to, to say happy Hanukkah to him. Uh, yeah, I think that, you know, the, again, the ice skating
1: stuff is kind of unforgivable, but I, I, mean, I you have you know it. what? It's worth it all just for the human legs popping out of a trash can awkwardly. <laughs> for, I, <laughs> I, did, I did like that, yeah. <laughs> for
2: but, Ernie, yeah. Um, so Muppet Family Christmas, it, mm. it, it's I, I remembered it, I had it on VHS. I recorded a bunch of Christmas specials, probably my second year of college, and I, I kind of forgot about it. I had a VHS, I recorded it off of. Nickelodeon because they were rerunning a lot of the stuff at that time and I had seen it when it aired initially but I hadn't seen it in years and I watched it again I'm like this is so great and then again sort of I move and I, I don't see it for a while and just every time I revisit it, I'm like, "Oh, this is amazing!" And uh, Katie, how you didn't know about this? How did I, had, I describe this to you? What did I say it was?
3: It was the best description I've ever heard of anything. You said it was the Avengers Endgame of the Muppets universe, and it was. Yeah, yeah. like in the because
2: first... they open up. You know, Doctor Strange opens up the portal, and uh, oh my God, who's who, this? Is a Fraggle hole? And then it's <laughs> yeah. Oh, look! It's the Sesame Street gang caroling. And I remember, I mean, look, I grew up reading lots of comic books. I love a crossover more than anybody, Uh, you know, so much. So I even I even like the Magnum P.I. Murder, She Wrote crossover. That's how much I like crossovers. (laughs) But and I was just like, I can't believe they're all here. Well, and it was
3: one of those things you told me, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm sure we'll see, like, Fozzie and Gonzo. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's just all the Muppets. The Muppets are already kind of their own universe. But then when Sesame Street came in and and Fraggle Rock, and I completely, like, Fraggle Rock and Sesame Street were, like, two different properties in my mind. And so seeing them all together, I was like... Oh, yeah. No, duh. They're Henson products, but also like they have the same heart. Yeah. Like I love Fraggle Rock. That was such a great show and, that like no one seemed to know in my generation.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I I remember when that premiered on HBO. My brother and I would watch that every week. I loved Fraggle Rock. And probably my favorite just in terms of performance wise, my favorite moment in the whole special is when Doc is turning to Ernie and Bert. And they're just saying, you know, yeah, this starts, you know, A, that starts with A. And, <laughs> and then he's like, What is this? And what are we doing? And yeah, and, and, and he, he says, This passes for small talk where we live. <laughs> and, and I was that just was like such oh, a good God. joke. <laughs> yeah, there's so many good jokes in it. And the best Muppet stuff is just filled with jokes and jokes that maybe kids don't get. But then they slip on the icy patch. My son loves the icy patch every year because yeah. we watch this every year. We watch Emmett Otter every year. All these that all these. Means,
1: specials, it's cold it's like, enough no to no freeze Winnebago. Like, there's so yeah. many runners oh in that God. special. And
2: there's
3: is this really like... just Barbra Streisand the entire time <laughs> yes. Like with like, Vaseline over the like, lens? <laughs> my favorite
1: thing in that whole special, besides, I agree, the small talk line is such a brilliant line. <laughs> Yeah. Is whoever it is doing the voice of the camera guy taking photos of Miss Piggy, oh. and he's just like, "Yes, more, more, ooh, do the little pouty face, do the pouty yeah. face." I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's so,
3: ridiculous. it's so ridiculous, and she comes in, and I swear this is a Barbara Streisand outfit, like with the with the oh, white yeah. like wrap, and like, <laughs> and she's on like a carriage, and of course Kermit's like. You Know she likes to make an entrance, <laughs> yeah. I,
2: and and you know, Doc is just like, and and she had this costume for me, so he's just like <laughs> the, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police for no reason, you know. Uh, yeah, and it, it's great because it, it, you know, it is there's so many of the characters i love fozzy's mom just in general you know yeah. and, uh, <laughs> who got like
3: it, tickets to go to like aruba from i think fozzy and then well, was yeah, like oh, she no, was going to malibu
2: for she'd been taking surfing lessons That's so right. she and <laughs> uh and uh you know and it, it, just the beginning the the joke about like oh no my mom loves surprises and Gonzo's like <laughs> i hope so because she's in for a doozy and <laughs> The 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 reason I love this special so much is one because it's so great. It's heartbreaking that more people don't see it. They put out a VHS version of it, and it's like a half an hour. They took out most of the songs. The music rights are the biggest problem with this in terms of people
1: being able to see it. Well, and I mean, they think, didn't. Th- I think all ahead. three properties are owned by different copyright holders too. Of well, course. now, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's also hurt it because someone in, texted me and was like, "Why can't I find this streaming anywhere?" And I'm like, "I don't think HBO Max, Disney Plus, and Paramount Plus can come to an agreement on who would have it." Right, cool and, you and can it, watch
3: it, it on YouTube. Yes, you it can, is on YouTube. Yes.
2: The to, wild, to watch wild West of, of
1: streaming sites. To
3: watch it officially <laughs> is a different
2: thing entirely. Uh, yeah, I, I I found Christmas Eve on uh, Sesame Street on YouTube. It wasn't yeah. a problem, and John yeah. Denver was there as well, but. Yeah. And, you know, this and sort of the the version of Emmett Otter that I fell in love with both kind of disappeared for a little while as soon as Disney basically took over the main Muppet characters. Like once they had Kermit, you didn't you, they reverted to an earlier version of, Muppet, uh, of uh, Emmett Otter that didn't have him in it. And yeah, the the song. So even before that, though, they didn't get the music rights for home video. And some of the songs I think were too expensive. And it was like. The whatever the Muppet Babies sing, they they didn't. Uh, it was uh Which, Santa Claus is coming to town, right? Yeah, y-
3: yeah, w- yeah. When they popped up, I was like, oh, this it, this is Muppet Babies before Muppet Babies was a thing. Well, well
2: not, yeah, no, because they they were in they were Muppet's in Muppet Manhattan. Big Manhattan. Uh, but that, yeah. but
3: this is like the 78, 70 Well, when, no when, Muppets. Oh, this was eighty seven when this wasn't. Yeah, out, right? so that was eighty seven. Yeah. I okay. think
2: the se- the TV series was on by then. But the yeah, no
1: okay. first time no, we ever so seen is, Muppet yeah. Babies there's a segment of the Muppet babies and Muppets take Manhattan that yeah. test it so well. They made the cartoon based off of it. Right. And okay. then for this special, that's kind of like, the fourth entity of the Muppets universe that they have yeah. squeezed into to get the the Henson trifecta yeah. by the end. <laughs> and and oh, by the way, I'm glad, I'm
2: glad they didn't try to horrify children by trying to get the dark crystal in here as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. well I mean,
1: <laughs> David what? Bowie just shows up. <laughs> but, you know, that's lab- amazing. <laughs> He's in a but, fraggle hole for some reason. I believe yeah. it's like, what is I he doing the labyrinth- <laughs> I would believe um, that the labyrinth was part of a fraggle.
2: World. Yeah, <laughs> in in these like I don't know I think it's a uh, running times on network television were longer back then. It, it's like it's like forty five to fifty minutes, whatever it is. They pack so much in there. There's so many great jokes, so many interactions you're watching, you know, you're just like watching people get along. I think, uh, who is it? Uh, animal and cookie monster, you know, is like my kind of fella, you know, just, I was just like, it's like, this is everything you wanted. You know, this is what I wanted from the Flintstones meet the Jetsons, but I didn't really quite get that. there's
1: There's a song that, um, shows up in Muppet family Christmas, uh, which they do this giant, beautiful 10-minute carol sing. The, the carol sing, Well, they're yeah. just singing carol after carol after carol. But they end with this song together for Christmas. They're like mm, old right. friends, new friends here which for is from And them. they put the lyrics the Christ- too, yeah. From the Christmas toy. I was going to say from the Christmas toy, which if you're not familiar with the Christmas toy – Uh, Probably could have gotten some money from Pixar's Toy Story because boy does that plot (laughs) feel weirdly familiar. I'm going to tell you
2: that I honestly believe that the Christmas toy is why Disney bought the Muppets because they realized that like oh they basically yeah Toy Story basically took that you know it's toys that come to life.
1: And it's toys that come to see... life, and the favorite, the kid's favorite toy, is afraid he's going to be replaced by the new yes. space toy that the it's kid the gets same for Christmas. Story. <laughs> Interesting. And, <laughs> and, and look, I think,
2: I, I think that. Uh, in a lot of ways obviously i, I would say the toy story is uh, you know is better put together but
1: it's a, it's an improved story for sure but, but- i <laughs> i
2: love that story when i was a kid my sister had that on there was a vhs that you know it was 6 hours of like that and like i don't know gem and the holograms so year yeah. round we were watching uh, the christmas story and there's great songs and that song uh, that old friend new friends uh, what is it song it's
1: called it's called together for christmas is the official christmas. Christmas.
2: it's a great song and you know, there's a there's a new song in the uh, the John Denver special, which they also do as part of the Carol Sing, right? Uh,
1: Wasn't it's it? in every one Isn't... of us. Yes, it's yeah. in every yeah. one. us. So, of
2: I, and and um, <laughs> I had forgotten that until I rewatched John Denver. And yeah, that that segment with the Carol Sing, it's like it's almost it's like a Where's Waldo because it's like you know I have an old VHS, so it's hard to freeze frame and really look, but you see so many characters there, Emmett. Emmett Otter is sitting there with everybody. Yes. See him there that. with everyone. And I was just like, man, they just got everybody in there. It's like that. There's that great scene at the end of the original Muppet movie where they have all the characters. And it, pull it's, out. it's almost like that. Yeah.
1: It's almost to the point that it feels like, obviously, he didn't, but it almost feels like Jim Henson knew he was leaving this world soon and, and wanted an excuse to bring everything together because yeah. this is like one of the last Like Henson directed specials that they really did with all the muppets beforehand i, I know that it's I, like I don't a three-year gap but
2: was there one after this i don't i don't I, I mean, think he, there was he only passed away like three years later yeah it, i think he started doing like the
1: jim henson hour which was like a almost like a docuseries and he worked on like the storyteller but i think the muppets were essentially kind of in a in a holding period while he worked out the disney contracts yeah. So um, it is like his final goodbye in I, a lot of ways. I I wish
2: people could see this more easily, but I'm so glad that YouTube. I mean, I yeah. checked before we did this. It's there, the whole thing. You yeah. can find it. You can find it with commercials, which is which actually is how I have it. <laughs> I have it <laughs> yeah. with commercials. The, the version I gave to Katie is the one that I recorded off of uh Nickelodeon and I digitized it before my you know, VHS disintegrated basically. Yeah. Uh, but then later uh, a friend who knew how much I liked it, got me a DVD that was the original primetime airing of it. So I have like all the 1987 Christmas commercials, you know, next week, perfect strangers will be back all of that stuff. Yep. So, <laughs> um, and uh, I, th- I'm thinking that this is the year I'm going to watch it that way with my kids to see what they think. Think of you know thirty five year old TV commercials. Those so.
3: those commercials are just they're so chef's kiss of like <laughs> exactly the time like any any like toy or like any way that they like product placed or like what they considered healthy at the time. I just beautiful. It's so fun. Yeah. Um. My... I will say the one on YouTube ends with like something about it, like a murder of a baby or something like that. Like oh, good. a good news report. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's yeah
1: Yeah. fighting the
2: frizzies Um, at eight um well yeah which (laughs) you know what i know katie you have to go momentarily so uh i know as part of your homework you also watched uh john denver and the muppets and you and i spoke a little bit before matt was here Uh, i want to give you because you did the homework i want (laughs) to give you a moment to share your thoughts uh what stood out for you uh let's let's start with what you were impressed by what did you like the most about john denver and the muppets
3: Um, it it, it was, again, it was that original Muppet feel, like, we also, like, we open up on uh, John Denver, but one of the scenes that we open up with the Muppets, actually, is like a writer's room, and there's that, exactly what you were talking about earlier, Matt, of that, like, behind-the-scenes craziness, and I think that Like, again, all of these things that you guys sent me, I was just like, something is so vaguely familiar about all of these things. Like maybe I saw a rerun or something, I'm not sure. Uh, But I was like, this feels so familiar. I was like... This is the image I always had when talking about writers' rooms or like working in writers' rooms. It's just like the paper, like planes flying over and like all the joke pitches and like the different
1: things. I honestly believe that Tina Fey used this writers' room as how she was going to depict the 30 Rock writers' room.
2: Yeah. I mean, most writers' rooms that that I've ever been around, you know, mostly just as an intern, like bringing in lunch, but you know, it's pretty similar. It it really (laughs) feels like that. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah. I, and I, I do love the, you know, the let's put on a show old timey showbiz uh, yeah. for I'll, I'll let you finish your thoughts. But for me, what stands out more than anything, you know, Matt, you kind of referenced it. Not everybody who was on as a guest of the Muppet Show interacted with them in a way that was hundred percent believable. John Denver talks to them and reacts to them in a way where you just you
1: really feel the connection. The scene and where that- he talks to Kermit is heartbreaking, yeah. and I Perfect. really truly think that Jim Henson was being honest about how he feels about not being around his family most of the year yeah. because Ooh. of showbiz through Kermit in that scene. Like it is a heartbreakingly beautiful it's scene.
2: A- it's a heartbreaking scene that is, of course, in true Muppet fashion, filled with little puns and singers. Oh, <laughs> uh, what, what else, Katie, before, uh, before um, you, you run off?
3: A couple of things. Um, I, I when when John Dever goes into that, that green screen, I was just like, ooh, yes, give me those 70s graphics. That was fantastic. <laughs> and then that transition yeah. into what I could have sworn was just the base set for a Muppet Christmas Carol. Like the like yes. the interior town. Like I swear that's the same exact location that they probably shot. Uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, but I'm probably wrong about that. Also, I was concerned that Miss Piggy was a geisha at a certain point when Miss Piggy finally got her her, <laughs> her um, number. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Oh no, what are Which we doing? Comes out as Fifi, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, the Muppet Nativities, like. It got like so Christian-y at the end. (laughs) Honestly,
2: I think that's the main reason why you don't really come across this anymore. I think you can buy it officially like on Amazon or on YouTube. I think you can pay for it, uh, which, of course, you know, only a sucker would do that. Uh, But I think it is it is really Jesus-y towards
1: the end. And it is Jesus-y at the end, but I have to applaud it. They made sure that there was every single race and creed of child yeah. depicted yeah. Oh, in that group 100%. of children. Like, yeah. like the quality for 1978 on, on a primetime TV special, like hook it up to my veins. Like I love it so much. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah,
3: it was it was so 70s and I was just like, oh yeah. But, but the huh. I, I would have to say like the Sesame Street one was definitely my favorite of the two uh, homework assignments yeah. um because again, because I am mean, because Muppet Family
2: Christmas wasn't a homework assignment, it was a gift. I oh, I brought it, it to I presented it to you <laughs> and like, your your Christmas will be better for this.
3: And le- and let me just like preface like I told Christian this is my favorite homework assignments is watching the Muppets and like things I haven't seen <laughs> (laughs) Or feel like I had, like, because there's just so much familiarity with just all of the cast and all the voice and everything. Even that creepy John Denver nativity scene with the Muppets. I was like, there's something so familiar about this and I don't know what it is. I would
2: assume you've seen it. It's been on, you know, just maybe it was on cable or whatever. Um, Yeah, I think uh, the thing about John Denver What's it called? John
1: Denver with the Muppets. John or? John Denver and the Muppets a Christmas together. Yeah. yeah. And it was uh, made as a special to promote a, an album that they had recorded. They made right. the Christmas album first and then made the special to promote okay. the album, which is
2: usually the way to do it.
1: Yeah, I think I think.
2: Yeah, I think that's usually how it works. Um, Katie, I, I know you need together. to go. So uh, yeah. I want to make sure that you got in your thoughts on that. And uh, have you ever seen uh, the Muppets celebrate Jim Henson for after he died?
3: Um I've seen p- pieces of it. I haven't sat down and watched the whole thing because there's only so much crying I can do. I, mean, I was going to yeah. say
2: we should we should do a we should do a, a, a live stream with all the tears included. Uh, oh my god. Not just yeah. for you by the way. I've seen it and I'll still cry.
1: I'll so. cry uncontrollably. I I want to throw one thing out with John Denver before Katie leaves cuz it's actually I think it was the exact moment when I was like Katie should also watch this. <laughs> the oh, the arguably one of the hardest laughs I've had at any Muppets. Christmas special is the very beginning of that where they have the runner that Fozzie keeps missing his yes. cue yes. on the 12 days of Christmas. But the one that gets me the most is when it gets to his part and he just looks at John Denver and goes, What?
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that that was also really familiar, especially like how <laughs> Miss Piggy does five golden rings. Like yeah. that's how we would always do it when we I'm sang pretty
1: it. sure this is where the butt um bump bumps first were introduced into the yeah. song 12 yeah. no, days I think of you're Christmas. Right. And
2: that, yeah, again, that's my, that's probably my, not probably, that is my favorite part is, yeah. is that song at the beginning. Uh, Katie, people want to keep in touch with you. It's uh, L Sassy Pants with an S, except for on TikTok. TikTok. It's with a Z.
3: With a Z. <laughs> All Z. Right. I'll, I'll post more things later, but thank you guys so much for having me on. I'll see you later.
2: Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. Um. So the thing about when it comes to John Denver is it feels very much like a 70s Christmas special. And yes. in some ways that's great. And then in some ways it, it 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 reminds you how the Star Wars holiday special happened, which I believe was the same year, 78. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like you you you'd kind of overthink maybe some of it. Like the the Wooden Soldiers segment, I was just like Ooh. the pacing I- and some of this stuff. And it's not even that it's bad. But it's just like, you're trying to entertain children, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I well, Henson's always weird, though, because I feel like with the Muppets, Henson did want to push away a little bit from the, like, you are a kid's entertainer of Sesame Street and try to make stuff that appealed to, in his mind, just appealed to families. So stuff that was there for the kids and stuff that was there for the parents. So while I do agree that, like, the the soldiers and the, the ballet of it all like as a kid i would have been bored to tears watching but as an adult i'm like this is really well done it's incredibly well done and, and that's the John difference Denver's between that and the holiday special is i don't watch the star wars holiday special and go this is really well done no but what <laughs> i always say what i always say about the star
2: wars holiday special It is a testament to what an incredible actor Harrison Ford is, because no matter what's around him, you look at him and you go like, yep, that's Han Solo. None of this other shit makes any sense. No, but he's still Han Solo in that fucking special. So But I had heard that's a great comparison. Yeah. What were you going to say?
1: I had heard uh, when they were doing the the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. I kept hearing that James Gunn was trying to make it a slight homage to the Star Wars Holiday Special during production. And what I really, tr- truly want it was for us to literally do the Star Wars holiday special, but with like Groot's family instead of Chewbacca's oh family, where it's oh, just a bunch day. of tree yeah. people saying Groot over and over again for like no. 10 minutes. Yeah. Well that's why that's why he included the music and the music in that. That
2: was actually the last time that I did a show with Katie. We talked about yeah. the Guardians holiday special and just how much I loved it. And uh I when when I put the panel together for that. I had to check with one of my regular Marvel contributors, Michael Shirley, who, you know, I had to make sure he liked it because if he, cause he kind of doesn't like anything. So if he didn't like it, I was like, he's not allowed on that panel.
1: I can't, yeah. I can't have him. No, Sometimes you have to, sometimes you have to set those rules. Cause it's like, yeah. I look, I, is it, is it this perfect thing? No, it's no. brought me joy. And that's all that matters. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I
2: want. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I, I think that, uh, and and look, Emmett,
1: Otter, I, honestly, if, if we want to yeah. jump into Emmett a little bit is like, Emmett Otter is is not the tightest story that's ever been told. There is a yeah. lot of tell oh. not show in that yeah. special. But the music and just like again, it's the the love that these characters have in this world that feels very lived in is like yeah. what makes it work. And I don't I don't care that it's essentially the gift of the magi. I don't care that there's a million ways they could have told us about the talent show beyond a character just saying, hey, did you hear about the talent show? Yeah, like, I know. Like, there are flaws in the I, in the scripting, but it's still charming and beautiful.
2: No, exactly. And, and that's testament to, one, the performers who were involved, but, uh, of course, the music from Paul Williams. I love like capital L-O-V-E, all the letters, so many of the songs in Emmett Otter. Emmett well, Otter I mean, really clearly, is... when the
1: river meets the sea just meant so much to Jim because he kept finding ways to put it in other... Yeah. Other stuff <laughs> like, I know And uh, you know I,
2: I read the book to my son every Christmas uh, We do it over a couple nights uh, And it's just like To take this story of like Oh yeah we sure are port and We don't have anything for Christmas And everything's terrible But we've got each other Is really like it's, it's so sweet But Ma is so funny In the original version Before they kind of made her a little bit nicer You know she's like Well I've got the bill right here If you wanna just fall off the dock. And then I think they took out some of that stuff. So they didn't yeah. make it seem mean, but I was just like, Oh, sh-. I was just like, look, my mom will appreciate that. I'm saying, this. it reminded me of my mom who never yeah. took anything from anybody. And uh it was on as, as a kid, it was on HBO every, I'm not exaggerating every day in December, you would look in the, in the, in the cable guide and it would say, I'm at our Chuck man Christmas. And it had the, the dates next to it. It was on every day. Yeah. And I, there were probably Christmases where I watched it 10 times entirely. And this is before we had a VCR before most people I knew this is even before that. And I, I, it was new to me. So
1: I grew up on Muppets family Christmas. That was my first Muppets Christmas experience. Right. Then I saw Muppets Christmas Carol in theaters. And for the first 30 years of my life, it was, well, I mean, whatever, as, as long as they've existed, those were the only two for a really, really long time love it yeah like but then someone bought me Emmett otter on dvd and i watched that for the first time and then uh one of my podcasts someone wanted to do the john denver special so we watched right. that and like every i would say every two years a new muppets thing is added into my christmas rotation so now the christmas eve on sesame street is going to be part of that rotation and i think i've gotten all of the main ones now like i i'm yeah. sure i'm sure the very muppet a very merry muppet christmas is Fine, but I don't think it would be like a yearly rotation for me. And same with letters. I, I will to tell Santa. you that
2: letters to Santa is not in my rotation.
1: Yeah, uh, and yeah. I'm told to avoid the Lady Gaga Muppets Christmas special at all costs.
2: Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I, <laughs> that, that, that was that was a just like that was like the bat signal went off and was like don't don't look at it. <laughs> um, yeah, but the uh, I I I'm going to I think skim through the uh, Christmas Eve on Sesame Street with my son because he just loves Cookie Monster. Uh, he kept going back to an episode from like, I don't know, season two of Sesame Street that he would want to watch on HBO Max because there's a runner through it where Cookie Monster borrows Ernie's phone and he keeps talking to his mom for a long time. And in the fifth one, he finally just eats the phone. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, my God, this is everything that he loves about Cookie Monster. You yeah. know, he <laughs> eats the pencil and the typewriter and the you know, the phone <laughs> and Santa answers. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, and Emmett Otter, I watch with them. I think you know his sister's five now. I think she'll be able to sit still a little bit longer. I think she'll have more questions about the story, but he just knows we watch it every year. And you know, it's when I say like, "Oh, you know what we need to watch," he'll usually say Emmett Otter. So usually, I pick something else, something shorter first. We watch yeah. the. Um, the the opus and bill christmas special the bloom county special because of how much i always love that and he just he still thinks it's funny every year it's like nice. berkeley breath it hates the way it turned out but i i love it so much it's so funny uh so you know i have like all these which at one point they were all these like hard to find christmas specials which are like these are the ones that i have to watch every year and um just to circle back to john denver for a moment it's so great again his interaction with them and i grew up I loved especially the first, but the, the, Oh God movies with him and George Burns. Okay. Yeah. My yeah. mom really liked those. And so those, I, those were always on in my house. My mom had two eight tracks. She had uh, Barry Manilow and John Denver. So there was a lot of John Denver in my life. <laughs> as a kid. So uh, it, it always brings back fond memories and I loved watching him interact with the Muppets and you kind of, it's, it's a little different than with Jim Henson, but there's also the moment of like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. He died way too soon.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and I would say in the same category as Jim is like, by all accounts, just seem like a genuinely good guy who cared about people. Yeah. Um, I
2: mean, miss, miss piggy's literally throwing herself at him. He's like, well, you know, I'm a married man. it's almost like, <laughs> you know, like,
1: come on piggy, what do you think's going to happen here? Dude, the slow um, motion run <laughs> yeah. is still so good to me. <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah, no, these are. It this is definitely part of like my Trisha Christmas tradition is like watching these Muppet things. I do want to give a shout out just to the year 1987. Um, I have a VHS tape that my aunt recorded for me when I was two years old, I guess almost three years old. Um, that I still have, I still have the VHS tape, and she taped all the Christmas specials that aired in 1987. So I've got this tape that has the Pee Wee's Christmas special, the Garfield Christmas special, the Claymation Christmas special, and the Muppets Family Christmas. And it's like, those are four heavy hitter, Top tier Christmas specials In my eyes like those yeah, are my, Masterpieces
2: my VHS Is actually from 1995 uh, From Nickelodeon is how My family Christmas got on there but it, It's also got like you know the 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 Rudolph and the Frosty Because like yeah. I wanted to have those when I was at college Just because I was like I think I need to Actually watch those uh, Dominica Saxon has a great comment uh, My daughter wore out the Emma Daughters VHS tape She watched it so many times over and over Love that uh, Yeah I I digitized my VHS version of that too because they cut so much out of it because they're, for a long time Kermit was cut out of it and uh, that, that was the the original airing didn't have Kermit in it so they reverted to that and now I believe Kermit I got the Blu-ray last year uh, and it has Kermit on the front And they make it clear So it's just like, I don't know, I, I love his storytelling Him interacting with the Riverbottom Nightmare Band them stealing Yeah, I've never car. seen he's,
1: I've never seen that version, so I have to get around I've only oh, had yeah, no, no. the Kermit-free and, DVD and,
2: and there's a <laughs> There's Kermit at the end, he's a narrator So Kermit at the end of the story He has the most amazing Outfit on, I've I've posted it On social media in the past It's like, Kermit stops by the set of Playboy After Dark <laughs> like wearing in it? Uh, I, I I I I'll I'll have to send it to you. I don't want to take the time to to grab it right now. But yeah, that that version was always the one that was most important to me. It was it, the story is great. It, it doesn't take away from the story. It doesn't take away from the great music in it. But yeah, it's it, it's you know these were the things that were most important to me. Yeah, we would watch Frosty. We would watch Rudolph. But I mean, these are the ones. And, and it's funny you mentioned Garfield because. Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, we always watch the DVD of the three Garfield specials that I've had for like 20 years.
1: And yeah. talk about very briefly before I, I do also have to roll. Yeah, out no, again, I wanted but, to let you go. Yeah. But but uh, I mean, for all the things that make me cry in all of these different Muppets Christmas specials, I mean, the Garfield Christmas specials still holds holds the golden standard of that grandmother's speech is the absolute saddest thing that
2: has ever appeared in a Christmas special. And, and the, the common moment in each three of those specials I referenced when Garfield looks at the camera and says, nice touch, you know, there's just these little things I know. Yeah. The grandma character. And when she comes back for Thanksgiving, uh, my, when she sits down to play the piano, and she kicks Doc boy off to the side. That's my my son every year. Like like Christmas special watching that moment is what he always looks forward to. Is a yeah. boy, step aside, sonny boy. It's little grandma's turn. <laughs> anyway, Matt, we could uh, talk about all this stuff. And you know what? I think we'll have more to talk about next Christmas. Um, take a quick moment. You talked about Weird Algorithm, but I want to make sure you let people know about One Hit Thunder, uh, another great show that I know you do for Geekscape. Well,
1: thank you. Uh, so I actually do quite a few shows for Geekscape, but- But uh, One Hit Thunder is the big one right now. Um, We, uh, every week, talk about different one-hit wonders with different uh, comedians and musicians. And sometimes just me and my co-host, Chris Files of the band Punchline, who I'm wearing the shirt of. But honestly, the other one I really want to talk about, because we're having our best uh, season ever, Um, Christmas 365. I do an all-year-round Christmas podcast with my buddy Dylan and uh people have definitely discovered the podcast this christmas season it's been absolutely magical uh tune in there's over 110 episodes at this point and our our joke is that we're going to go until we make exactly 365 episodes of it and then we'll stop (laughs) and and people can just listen to an episode a day uh for a full year and, and we'll be done with it but We're having too much fun. I think we're just going to keep
2: going. (laughs) Have you gotten to the point with that show where you've gotten to some really bad ones or do you try to stick to the good ones right now?
1: So we, like, there are certain things that we won't cover. Um, Neither him nor I have any love for the Jim Carrey Grinch movie. So we're just like, we're not going to cover that. Like, who are we to, like, trash? We don't want to trash anything that someone else might have a ton of nostalgia for. So we really try to lean towards, like, bouncing back and forth and like listening to Christmas albums that we love or watching Christmas specials that we love or movies and we try to make it seasonal. So we'll do like the Christmas horror movies in October. Um, you know, in February we usually do like Christmas rom-coms. Um, summertime we get real loose with what is constituted as Christmas (laughs) property because, you know, we don't want to be thinking about snow. So that's when it's like, Oh, the, Real big fish Christmas ska EP, like stuff that gives <laughs> us like summer vibes and Christmas vibes. We try to we try to make sure that everything feels well, like it fits that particular month's vibe. Rudolph and Frosty Christmas in July. Come there on, there you go. Exactly. For, you know, maybe we'll which do is the, not good, by the way. No, it probably wouldn't. Be. It. Every everyone's no, not. We have fun, but yeah, but 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 uh, right now we're we're almost done with the holidays. So we haven't talked about anything new on the show. We try to make sure November, December is all nostalgia all the time. January will be us talking about spirited and the Santa Claus TV series on Disney plus and pretty much every new Christmas property that dropped this uh, year.
2: Final question before I let you go. Have you seen violent night?
1: Not yet, and I think we're going to hold that off until October. That feels it's like fine. it would be a better October I, watch.
2: I I will tell you that it delivered everything that I wanted from the trailer, and then there was so much heart to it that I wasn't expecting. I'm like, am I getting emotional on this I'm, movie? I'm ready. I'm ready. And for, I, did. I It looks great. Yeah. Like I, it, it is. I I love David Harbor. Uh, you know, I, 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 there's times where I feel like I can take or leave Stranger Things, but when I see him in other things, I'm always like, oh, he's so great. He's, he's a perfect Santa. Um, in any case, I'm gonna let you go. But if people want to keep in touch with you on social media, how do they do that?
1: Uh, I am at Saint Mort, literally everywhere. Uh, so that's spelled out S A I N T M O R T. It was a, a nickname I got in high school that is still stuck with me for 20 years. So uh, stay tuned for for all of Uh, everything that I do. I produce podcasts full time. So a lot of self-promotion up in there.
2: (laughs) Well, thanks again, uh, Matt. And uh, I look forward to uh, talking Christmas with you and who knows what else in the near future. Uh, but I, I will I will let you get back to your your real life, and uh, I'll <laughs> stay here and wind things down in Christmas Town. Thanks again, uh, Matt Kelly. There's uh, some comments in the chat I wanted to get to. The Dominicus Saxon still hasn't seen the Star Wars Christmas special. We are going to do something with that. There was a fun interaction. Ghost eighty three eighty six references Muppet Christmas Carol came out before my ninth birthday, and Dominicus Saxon with a quick retort, I had been married and divorced by the time this came out in nineteen ninety two. Kind of the beauty of the Muppets. It's kind of timeless if, you know, you're my age and you grew up in the seventies and into the eighties. I mean, I would get to stay up late for an extra thirty minutes on the night that the Muppet Show was on. I would go to bed at eight thirty and I get to watch the Muppet Show. And it was a really big deal. This is before they started rerunning it like five days a week. So the Muppets were always an important part of my life. They were always an important part of Christmas because of Emmett Otter, really. And uh, happy birthday to Ghost 8386 as well. Uh, and uh, I see that Craig was there. This is sort of like the end of Romper Room. If you're really old, you remember that. You look through the magic mirror and see everybody that was there in the chat. But I love how many of you. Uh, Stuck around for this conversation. I love talking about uh, Christmas shows, and uh, the Muppets are responsible for, I would say, some of the best that, uh, that I'm familiar with. If you haven't seen any of the shows we're talking about, you can find them through Less Than Legal Methods, mostly YouTube. You can find Muppet Family Christmas, which I strongly recommend. Make sure you get the full version of it. The Christmas Eve on Sesame Street I watched for the first time last night. I don't even remember seeing that as a kid. John Denver with the Muppets. I had seen, I remember some of the isolated things from it, but I, I hadn't seen it in years. So you can find all this stuff. Some of it you can pay for. So if you you know want to respect the fact that creators need to earn a living as well, you could go ahead and do that. I am uh, ecstatic. I'm full of holiday cheer and glad to have gotten to share it with so many of you. And uh, we are looking to have our big black cast Christmas special one day next week. We don't have a date for you yet, but please follow me on social media at Christian DMZ. I'll be sure to let you know as soon as I can, when you'll be able to join us live for that. We'll see how much of the gang we can get together for some holiday cheer. As always, please subscribe to the black cast on YouTube. You will get all of our new videos. You'll get the shows. We do all the uh, interviews. I do. I've been doing a lot of these musician interviews And uh, I'm doing so many, I'm having trouble catching up, putting them on the podcast. We'll get a few of those in for the end of the year. So uh, keep your ears open for that, for our audio only listeners. And follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ. That is all the time we have for now, but we will see you next time on... The black cast.
0: Oh, hi
1: there. Hey, we're Ernie and Bert. Yeah, well, hi there yourself. I'm Doc. Oh, Ooh. did you know that Doc
0: starts with the letter D? Mm-hmm. Why, yes. Mm. Yes, yes, starts with the letter Y. Yeah, true. And true starts with the letter D. Hey, what is this? Where we come from? This is small talk. <laughs> Whatever you say. Well, it's nice to meet you, but I've got to go and build some bunk beds. Bunk, bunk beds. Sea words. Ah. Thank you for listening to the bladcast.
1: Well, they certainly seem to be having a good time out there, Sprocket.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like it when they have a good time. But I tell you what, somebody's got to do something about these dishes,
3: Sprocket. Come on, I'll wash and you dry, okay?
0: Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Bladcast. That's B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. You can also subscribe to the audio version wherever podcasts are found. Like The Bladcast on Facebook, follow at Bladcast on Twitter and Instagram, and of course, the man responsible for what you just heard is on Twitter and Instagram, at Christian DMZ. If you look to the good side,
3: falling down to free ride, slipping and sliding in the mud. be to treat you to
0: a soothing background when you in a hole in the wash I'm Farad Muhammad and if you want me to voice your podcast intro you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at F-A-R-D-M-U-H-A-M-M-A-D we will see you next time on the Bladcast. Hope I'm saying this right the Blath cast. Star Over here. Coming, Cyclops. This is our other new member, Wolverine. Hiya, (laughs)
2: doll.
0: Want a piece of fruit?
2: Hi, everybody. Goodbye.